God wants you and me to actually do what Jesus did. And if that doesn't seem like a task that we can't do, it's only half right. See, God never asked you to do that by the flesh, by your own will, by your own strength. He actually wants us to surrender to him and allow him to do these things through us. This is often um, something I hear in the arguments about miracles today, that God doesn't do miracles today. Well, who said that? I've seen them, so I really can't listen to that. But let me tell you a better way and the right way to bring about the manifestations of the kingdom in today's culture. Before I do that, let me just add, invite you to go ahead and subscribe and like uh, our channels. We have, I have one for The Gate and one for Louis DeCiano, pretty much every platform. But we're really trying to build up the YouTube platform. So if you could go to the YouTube and you can like and subscribe to The Gate uh, Church one, I'd really, really appreciate it. And we are really trying to build up that channel. And we would love for you to help us to do that. So go ahead and like and subscribe. You can always find us online at thegatejacks.com or lewisdcn.com. You can always find us on those things. So let's get back to um, miracles today and how faith works. We often think faith is an act of our will. Faith is something that, well, I just believe God can do it. And that's really not faith. Doctrinal beliefs aren't the same as God moving in us in a moment and bringing about a miracle. This is why often people will say stuff like, well, if you can do miracles, why don't you go to the hospital and just heal people? They have no, when people say that, I realize they have no clue of how the Spirit of the Lord works and that it's not an act of our will. It's not an act of us just wanting to do it. Jesus didn't even do that. Jesus said he only does what his father, he sees his father doing, only speaks what he sees his father speaking. And so a lot of times this gets misconstrued in, in circles in Christianity uh, that miracles are an act of our will. No, the desire for a miracle might be an act of our will, but the actual producing of a miracle is an act of our yielding to faith when it's present. Let me explain. You were never told by God to go and preach and tell people to convert you're told to go out and preach the gospel of the kingdom. Now, the gospel of the kingdom is not in word only. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 4.20 that the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. That's really important to understand. Why is that? Because it's not that the word is wrong. Preaching truth, we should all preach truth. But sometimes preaching truth lacks something when it doesn't produce the fruit we want it to. Preaching the truth in and of itself is not the same as preaching the kingdom. You know, and I had to learn this because as God called me uh, years ago, and it wasn't, I did have an encounter with him, and that encounter was a brief, small, still voice. It was really the calling, that calling was as a prophet. I had already been preaching for three years, and that calling was from my father-in-law said, I perceive that God's called you to preach the gospel. And, and he's the one who started teaching me and gave me my first opportunity to preach in 1990, June of 1990. 
And so a lot of times, you know, I didn't have this encounter with angels or anything like that. And when God called me to be a prophet, he just spoke in a still small voice. And I had to believe him. So let's look at, let's look at some things today real quickly. And then, you know, it's almost Christmas time. It's Friday the 22nd. Christmas is just around the corner here. I'm so excited. I love Christmas time. And um, we often think that when, I'm, when you're praying for someone, it's an act of your faith. It's really not. It's an act of your surrender. Now, what you have to cultivate in yourself is knowing what the Spirit is saying, knowing the Spirit is moving, and responding to the Spirit. This is where we're cultivating the relationship and the sensing of the Spirit so we take risk when others won't. See, I, I, I don't try to prophesy out of a gift. I try to prophesy from the presence. I learned a long time ago that if I cultivate the presence, and I can, by the way, use the prophetic. Oftentimes, God will have me give a word to somebody, and I'm not aware that they have any ailments, but when they come up, all of a sudden I might see that they have some pain in their body, or I might perceive it, or I might hear from the Lord. And now they're in the presence with me. And I I, I have seen, like, I, I remember some of the greatest miracles. I, I love to say I did them, but I don't believe I did. And I, I remember this one woman, uh, I got a call on like a Tuesday from a gentleman I'd known. And the gentleman told me, my, my girlfriend, my fiance has stage four asthma. She almost died this last weekend. And he wasn't a member of our church. And I said, um, he said, would you pray for her? I said, could you bring her to church Sunday? And he goes, yeah, I, we could come. And she came. She looked frail, folks. And and she, and you, know, you go, why why did you do that? Well, because it was it was important for me. I said, because I told him, I want to pray for in the anointing versus just praying a prayer. Like I, I had learned, I was learning. I shouldn't say I had learned. I was learning something in this time that there is a lot more faith in his presence, right? Faith is a gift. And faith is something that gives you in a moment to respond to him. You have to apprehend it. You have to use that faith to apprehend it. Um, it's really hard to draw this out on paper, but basically like you hear a word and when you're hearing the word, faith is part of that word that's being preached. And when you when you allow yield to that faith to say yes to it, it produces something. So I had them come and uh, at the end of the service, as I was getting ready to pray for people, I asked her to come forward because I was in the anointing. I could, I was in the presence of God. And I just asked her to come up. And I, I, I had her come about five feet from me because I felt the angel. I felt that there was an angelic host right there. And I just had her come into it. And when she got into the presence, I didn't have to pray anything. But, but you go, Lou, where was faith in that? The Spirit was leading me. And I was saying, yes, I was surrendering myself to what the Spirit did. That's faith. Yielding is actually more of faith than willpower. We often think it's willpower, but it's not willpower. It's actually surrendering to what the Spirit is doing in the moment and saying yes to Him. And oftentimes we're trying to do this in our own strength.
I often tell the story about how in India I prayed for a little boy and he was crippled. I didn't know it. I was just praying for a bunch of kids. I didn't pray the greatest prayer. All I was praying over them. But the presence was on me. And I was just blessing the children. And I was saying, Jesus, bless them. Jesus, bless them. Jesus, bless her. Jesus, bless them. And this is all I was doing. And this boy was handed to me and I put him down. And when I did, the pastor screamed. I said, what's the matter? He goes, he was crippled from birth. He's never stood before. And I got a picture of this little boy just standing there with this smile on his face. I'd love to tell you I had a chance to stop a lot. I didn't. There were still another 500 kids, you know. And that was when me and Todd saw, you know, 10 deaf mutes healed one after the other. Faith is not something me or you, me and you conjure up in our will. It's something, here, let me just say this. It's, it's in the Holy Spirit. It's in his presence. There's faith all around to believe. Like, it's very hard to be in his presence and doubt. Because the, the, it's so charged. Now, some people do. You got to remember, some people saw the miracles of Jesus and doubted him. Okay, some people did that. It says in Hebrews 4.2 that the same word was preached to us and to them, but it did not profit them, not being mixed with faith, well, where did the faith come from? The faith came with the preaching. The faith came with the message. It was part of the message. It's part of the spirit and it came with it. And they had an opportunity to believe it or reject it. And there's where the act of our will comes in. God's not going to make me believe. I have to say yes to it. And so it's like I'm, you're, it's like you're sitting there in a moment and you want to believe, but you might even be afraid to, but you go, no. I mean, I hear testimony after testimony of like people sitting there going, you know, I didn't want to get up. I didn't want to walk up front, but something was just stirring in me. I had to go. That was faith. Like maybe, maybe if I just walk to the front, God will touch me this time. And bam, it wasn't an act of their will. It wasn't like, yes, I'm going to be healed. It was a response to the spirit of God. The Bible tells us that. Um, you know, we often try to preach truth, thinking truth is the same thing as preaching the gospel of the kingdom. But the gospel of the kingdom produces something. It's not, it's not, it doesn't look different necessarily, maybe from the outside to some people. But a lot of people preach, Jesus healed the multitudes and Jesus did this and he's resurrected and now you give your life to him and you'll be saved. And they stop right there. But see, Jesus is alive. And when people say Jesus doesn't heal today, I go, did he die? Did he, what happened to him? Why doesn't he heal today? And they're like, well, that stopped with the apostles. Well, that can't be true. You know why? Because Stephen and Philip both did miracles and they weren't apostles. So it can't be just for the apostles. That's a, that's a misnomer. Okay. And it's like people going, well, the apostles wrote the word and, you know, we don't need apostles anymore. Well, that wasn't the assignment of the apostles was not to write the word. That was not their calling. Their calling was to preach the gospel of the kingdom and to disciple others to do the same thing. That was their mission. All right, but let me give you this wonderful passage in Scripture that I, I fell upon like 25 years ago, and it's been something with me for a very, very long time, and that's this. Acts chapter 8, verse 4. This is, after, this is after persecution of Stephen gets stoned. And now Paul is wreaking havoc and they're starting to scatter. And it says this, therefore, those who are scattered went everywhere preaching the word. 
Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. There was something different about what Philip did than what everyone else did. Everyone else went out and told the truth about Jesus. But there was something working in Philip that maybe we don't see operational there. Now you go, well, it doesn't mention. I know. But the fact that Luke, when he's writing this, um, led by the Holy Spirit, we believe this God-inspired word. We believe this. For some reason, he says, they went and preached a word. But when he gets to Philip, he says, he went and preached Christ. And this is what it says. And the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. What, what was his speaking? His speaking was in power and manifestations of the Spirit of God. And it says this, For unclean spirits, crying with a loud voice, came out of many who were possessed, and many who were paralyzed and lame and were healed. And there was great joy in the city. You know, this is the amazing thing. Like, a lot of times people think if they preach about Jesus healing, they go, Lou, Lou, what, what do I do? How do I bring about miracles? You yield. You know when you're sitting there ministering and uh, or you're talking to somebody and and there's a stirring in you and you're like, this, this thought comes, just pray for them. And you're like, man, I'm nervous. I don't know if they'll let me. And you have all these things. If when the Spirit prompts you and you feel that just a quiet voice going, why don't you pray for them? I remember, I remember one time Kathy and I were asked to come over a house um, because their son and son and daughter-in-law wanted to know about the kingdom of God. And she had grown up Nazarene. He wasn't a believer, really. He was a yeah, really, I wouldn't even say lukewarm believer. He might have been an ice-cold believer. And um, she was asking all these questions about the apostles and about, I said, and about the Holy Spirit. I was talking to her about the Holy Spirit. And I said, after about 40 minutes, I said, look, can, can me and my wife just pray for the two of you? Would you just allow us to pray for you? And they went, yeah. So they were sitting on the couch, and their parents were over there. And their couch was in the middle of the room, so me and Kathy were able to walk up behind them. And I prayed for him. Kathy prayed for it. And I just began to pray. And I just began to ask the Holy Spirit to touch them. And the power of God fell on them. And they were shaken. I began to prophesy to them. I said, come to church tonight. I'm going to have some people prophesy over you. Some of my leaders. And you know what I did? I didn't even tell my leaders what happened. They sat, they sat there. My leaders prophesied over them almost identical stuff that I had prophesied over them. And they both, within two days, were filled with the Holy Spirit. Just filled with the power of God. And I, I think that a lot of people um, um, don't understand how simple it is. I think we make it difficult. This is where the relationship with Holy Spirit is a must. It's a must that we... Learn how to relate for him. I'm going to read you one thing real quick, and I'm going to let you go. Um, it's found in 1 Corinthians 12, and I'm going to read this out of the Passion Translation. You can read out the Amplified if you want. I want to read it out here because it breaks it down. It says it's so much better than the New King James or anything. Um, so let's, let's read it from verse 3. Therefore, I want to impart to you an understanding of the following. No one speaking by the Spirit of God would ever say, Jesus is the accursed one. The Holy Spirit would never lead anyone to say something like that. No one can say Jesus is the Lord Yahweh unless the Holy Spirit is speaking through him. Do you realize every time you go, Jesus, your Lord, it's actually the Holy Spirit helping you do that? Do you realize that? 
that it's not in your own strength. I love this. Love this. It says, as the same Holy Spirit continues to distribute many different varieties of gifts, the Lord Yahweh is one, and he is the one who apportions to believers different varieties of ministry. So Holy Spirit's the gift of prophecy, the gift of healing, the gift of miracles, uh, working of miracles, uh, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, revelation, all that. But Jesus is the one who's giving the gifts of the apostle, the prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. Those are the various ministries. And it says this, the same God distributes different kinds of miracles that accomplish different results through each believer's gift or ministry as he energizes and activates them. Each believer is given a continuous revelation by the Holy Spirit to benefit not just himself, but all. Listen, when you're ministering, and look, it, you don't have to be a preacher behind a pulpit. When you're sitting with a friend and your friend's going, I'm hurting. And that thought comes to your head. I just want to pray for them. But you're afraid to. Lean in. Go, Holy Spirit. And I always tell people, just start praying. You go, wait a minute. Don't I have to wait for the Holy Spirit? No, just start praying. But listen to the Holy Spirit as you pray. And as the words of faith begin to fill your mouth, as you begin to feel the Holy Spirit moving, don't pray off of here. Pray from here. Pray from your spirit. And begin to pray and begin to release the very things that God is speaking to you. And that's where I declare and that's where I decree and that's where I do things. When I'm prophesying over someone and I, 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 I'm I, just being led by the Spirit to release. What I want to do when, I, when I'm prophesying is I don't want to release a word to them. I want to release the Spirit and the word to them. I want an activation, a manifestation, an impartation. Not just something they can write down, but some, someone they experience at that moment. And if I'm experiencing, if I'm experiencing the Holy Spirit, they will experience the Holy Spirit as well. Amen. I'll get into this maybe more in 2024, but right now I want to wish all of you a very Merry Christmas. So you comment below and uh, again, YouTube, if you'll help us comment on YouTube and do that stuff, it'll really be helpful to me and I'd really appreciate it. Um, but I want to wish you a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Uh, I think I'll do videos next week uh, before New Year's. I'm not sure. But I do want to wish you the most wonderful Christmas. My, my daughter's born on Christmas, so it's uh, more than just, you know, celebration. I, I, I think of the gift of salvation. And I also think of the gift of my daughter. Uh, I love my kids so very much. They're everything to me. And uh, we're going to have the kids are going to be here. Uh, you know, my son's home from college. My other one, uh, him and his wife are coming up with the baby. And, and uh, Christmas Day, we're going to have such a wonderful time. I pray that you are full of joy and peace and such happiness this holiday. May the Lord be with you. May the Lord keep you. And may the Lord make his face to shine upon you as you gather with friends and family in this holiday season. God bless you. May he absolutely just speak over you and dance over you and rejoice over you. God absolutely loves you. And I pray that you know that and will feel that today. Bye-bye, and you have a great year.